0: Welcome to the Destiny
1: Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. We're kind of going to do something similar to what Rebecca did, but we're going to do the opposite way around. So what I want to do is I want to talk about the story of Jesus being born, but what I want is for you guys to tell me the story, and we're not going to look at the Bible yet. But I want you to tell me like, how was Jesus born? what what happened so mary is pregnant and joseph is her uh, betrothed husband what happens next so we'll skip the parts about mary being told she's going to be you know give birth and joseph having a crazy dream and vision and but we'll just go to the the birth point so what happens what how does the story kind of um where where did mary and joseph live do you remember No?
2: I think it's just because it's a part of the story you don't really think it's important. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So they start off in Nazareth. Okay. So, but what what needs to happen? What's part of the story?
2: Um, there's this, uh, the king wants to count how many people yeah. are in, uh, from each village. Yeah and so they need
1: to go to Bethlehem. Okay, so why do they have to go to Bethlehem?
2: Because uh, Joseph is, I think he's from
1: Bethlehem. Yeah. Do you remember what family Joseph was from? What part, what what family it was? It
2: was the line of David.
1: Yeah, very good. So it's the family of David. So Bethlehem was presumably where David was from. Is that right? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. So they have to go to Bethlehem because the king wants to count all the people from Bethlehem. So what happens? How do they? How do they go? There? When do they go? There? They
0: walked.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, but Mary was pregnant when they went. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, do they both walk or? She, it's, along with, it's a long way to walk, is it? Donkey. Yeah, so she goes on a donkey. So, and is it far, or is it a short distance, or do you no. know? I think it's far, but I'm not really
2: sure. Yeah,
1: <laughs> cool. This is the point, like, I, I, we're, just, we're just trying to make the story as we remember it, and then we'll go back and we'll look and go, oh, huh, what was true, what's not, what have we added, what have we taken away? Um, and it's a fun way to look at the bible because we suddenly realize a lot of what we think is stuff that we've just added and some of it is stuff we completely forgot was there or whatever else so but yeah so mary is sitting on the donkey and they're walking to bethlehem um so um do we know what the walk is like at all do you know if it's a nice walk a hard walk if it's walking through a forest, if it's walking on a hill, if it's walking in the desert, do, do we know any of that?
2: I think they're just some pictures you picked up in any uh, children' yeah. Bible or something like that. But yeah, I, I think it's not in the story.
1: Yeah, in your picture, in, in your head, what what is the picture of, of them going on this journey? What, what does it look like?
2: Uh, so. Just a bit of hills, and it's a dry land.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Cool. Not as hard as the desert, but yeah, still drier than inland. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. So then, what happens next? So they get to Bethlehem, presumably, or it, yeah. What what happens? Going to jump in?
3: They Ask for a place to stay for the night. I don't
1: know the word. And What do you mean by how to so like describe it? So,
3: it's like a place where people can just stay the night. And
1: so, like someone's house or like a or hotel or uh, like a hotel. Yeah. Okay.
3: But they had no free beds, and okay. then they got uh, told that they can't stay there.
1: Okay. So they can't stay at this hotel, or I think inn is the, the word we use a lot. Um, so what happens next? that's a bummer, right? So you get there, and then how's how's Mary doing? It what what stage of uh, her pregnancy is she at? Is she still just quite early on, or is she late pregnancy? Or right. yeah, okay. So, but uh, so what what's happening next? They can't stay at the inn.
3: I don't know if they got told that there was a stone. Can you say stone?
1: Yeah, yeah, so.
3: Or if they just found one. I think they got told there's a stone. And then they decided to go there because there was no other option and she was really short before.
1: child. Okay, so they're like knocking on the door of the inn and like, we need to to stay and Like, sorry, there's nowhere to stay. And they're like but seriously she's about to give birth right is that that kind of the picture and then it's like well I guess you could go in that barn over there or a stable or a stall or whatever we say um, is that kind of the, the story and so is, is that what it is it's like a, a stall like a barn or like a stable I don't know the, the language in, in German how it translates but it, in England we call it like a manger or um, just, yeah like a stable kind of picture um, so, what does that look like?
3: It wasn't really nice. It was smelly and uh, just animals. And it wasn't really big or there was nothing really to sleep or give birth.
1: Yeah, okay. What kind of animals would have been there? Do you know?
2: oxen, donkeys, yeah, I'm not sure if there's more in the story, it's just, yeah, you often see on Christmas this place of a staple and you have all kind of enemies in it, I'm, I'm not sure what it's written
1: yeah well and that's the thing isn't it because we whether it's written or not we we have a picture don't we so we now are picturing mary and joseph uh showing up at a stable with a few different animals and like i said it smells and it's nowhere to i mean it's not made for giving birth <laughs> well not to humans at least um and so what what happens next This is the first time I've ever heard Jesus' birth referred to as just the birth.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: I, just the birth of God, no big deal.
2: <laughs> I just uh, think about that. Uh, Different stages. Yeah, and it was also um, when the, the shepherds get the angels and yeah. things like that. And so you have a lot of crazy stuff happening. Yeah. And the birth is just the birth. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So, the birth happens. Um, so, is it just Mary and Joseph giving birth to this young child then? This baby? Do you have any? No idea? No no church traditions or anything you can think of? Or,
2: no? I never thought about how they cut off the... You know,
1: Umbilical? Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I've heard a lot of different traditions. So, um, some traditions are that the... That the stable was kind of set in like a cave almost like which there are some stables that are kind of set in cave faces there's even homes that are set in cave uh, in, uh, in Palestine um but I've heard traditions that joseph ran off to get a midwife right because you would think if your wife is giving birth surely there's it's a good idea to get some help right so maybe he went off to do that and brought her back and um, some tradition says that she gave birth before he came back with a midwife. Um, but uh, other tradition says he was there and he gave birth. Other traditions say she, she probably had a midwife and there was him and her and, and this midwife to help give birth. And she probably would have known what to do with the, the cord. Um, but yeah, but it's, it's a pretty strange picture though in this stable a man and a woman giving birth. And they put him in a little manger. Yeah, is that right? Um, and so then, what happens next? You, you were saying some shepherds get involved. Is that next? And it, this is all this is all happening in one night. So they they show up. They knock on the door, and there's no space. Go try a stable. They go to the stable. They give birth, and then shepherds show up. Yeah, this is all kind of like crazy, wild night.
2: Yeah, and uh, um, three, whatever they are called in Germany, it's the three wise men.
1: Yeah, that's how we call it as well, wise men. Yeah. And so who who were they?
2: Uh, they were just from another country. Mm-hmm. And they um, saw it in the heaven.
1: Yeah. yeah so what was it that made them st- wise or what made it that they could tell based on the heavens the stars that, that Jesus was going to be born do we know
2: I think normally you everybody's talking about that star above the uh, star yeah but um, in Germany we have um, a place called planetarium so it's um, you have just a um, big projector in the middle and it's able yeah. to do the whole uh, yeah the whole room, fill it with uh, pictures of stars and mm. things like that and they found out, I think it's four years before the year nil or four years mm-hmm. afterwards um, there was just a constellation in heaven that Can't really remember. There was one star or one planet in another uh, picture of stars, Mm. and so they said they think it was just that. Right out of that pictures in the heaven, they thought, oh, there's this person in that land. Yeah. So, yeah, for them it was just an easy conclusion by looking at the stars. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. I I think the Bible is not as clear about that.
1: No, probably not. But it is interesting, right? These three guys look at some stars and go, ah, there's a baby being born, he's going to be king, and he's being born over there. Like, that's a a big jump, right? (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, that's interesting. And so you've got shepherds, and you've got wise men showing up, yeah? Um, Wow. So let me ask you a few questions, right? Because... This is a pretty crazy story, right? I mean, which it's going to be crazy. It's God being born, right? So it's a pretty wild story, anyway. Um, so David was from this town, yeah? Is that right? I'm, Joseph is from this town, the the city of David, the, and he's from the family of David. Is, is that right? Well, we're not sure, but I, I will let you know that you are right. Yes. <laughs> so, so he's from this town. So. Do you think he has any friends there or family? Yeah? So why didn't they stay with them? Just a, It's just a question, right? And you're like, it's weird. He didn't choose to stay with any of them. Um, or even, um, did they have any family nearby? Do you, do you know of any family nearby from any of the Bible story? It is in there. What is family nearby? Like family near the near the town. So, Do you think of Mary's family that she went to visit. Do you remember? No. So Zacharias <laughs> and Elizabeth. Remember the parents of John the Baptist. Remember how Mary goes to visit them when she's already pregnant, but she's just very early on and uh, when they meet the spirits jump in the babies and they both realize oh wow you're pregnant and they connect well they live just a a little bit away outside of Bethlehem so why didn't they go back there and stay there right I mean that it's, it's weird right so it feels like they've got quite a few options before you need to give birth in a stall with a cow and a donkey you know so it's weird right it's weird there's um, a few other things so let, me, let me have a look at my notes because I, I, there's just some observations, I, I look at this story and I think, that's weird um, what about the fact that um, not only is Joseph from this town, but he's actually from the line of David right, so in uh, Matthew's uh, genealogy, he goes through it all doesn't he, and he says like here's um, here's Joseph like, he, he comes from this line and David was his like, you know, great-great-great-great-granddad or whatever. So, do you think he was kind of from a pretty big deal family as well? Right? I mean, because David's kind of a big deal. I mean, the town was called the city of David. So, when David's great-great-great-grandson comes along, you'd think they would look after him,
4: maybe? It's
1: just weird that they didn't, you know? Or, um, what about the fact that this woman's pregnant? Like, imagine you have a wife with you that's pregnant, and you show up at a hotel, and you say, my wife's about to give birth, help. And they go, sorry, we've no rooms, and just close the door in your face. Could you imagine that happening? I mean, it's pretty ingrained in us, isn't it, to want to help someone that's pregnant. It's, It's pretty shocking, the idea of not helping someone that's pregnant. So that's quite weird as well, don't you think? Or that no one around would say, hey, you can stay with me, we'll look after you. It's just a bit bizarre to me. It makes me wonder, like, what's going on here? Um, The thing that makes it most interesting is when you read the story, like, let's, let's quickly read the story. So have you got Bibles with you? really short. It's uh, basically a whole seven verses. There's there's a bit more in there, but we'll read this bit initially. So it's just Luke 2. this whole story that we just told this, this story of you know what happens and how it works and how it goes it was, was quite a big story right with lots of little details well let's have a look and so in Luke 2 verse 1 it says in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered this was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria and all went to be registered each to their own town so we're right on the mark yeah so the king Uh, The Caesar says, hey, I want a a census. I want everyone to be counted up and go to their hometown. So, so far, so good. So, Joseph went to Galilee from the town of Nazareth to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. So, no mention of donkeys or anything or what the place looks like or anything like that, but he's, he's coming from Nazareth to the city of David to Bethlehem. Now, this next verse is really interesting. You see it? And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. So what does that say?
2: just for a few days, they are longer.
1: They've been there, right? So while we were staying in Bethlehem, she gave birth. So that's a, that's an interesting shift in the story, as we kind of remember it in our heads. Um, so she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. What, what do your translations say What you're reading? How does that last verse go? Laid him in a manger.
3: She wrapped him in snugly No, she wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a man- manger.
2: Because there was no lodging available for them.
1: Yeah, okay.
2: Uh, when she gave birth to her firstborn son, she wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a man- manger. manger. Yeah. Because there was no guest room available for them.
1: All right. So we've got there's no place in the inn we've got there was nowhere for them to stay no lodgings is that right? Yeah, no and then you have there was no guest room so it's quite interesting isn't it there's different languages but that's the story right and then shepherds is the next part and shepherds come and visit and he's there in the manger and but that is the story of the birth of Jesus it's, it's quite short and there's not much to it is there? it's kind of funny that we have all this all these details um, and some of them completely incorrect perhaps that Jesus on the night is banging on the well Joseph is banging we need to go we're giving birth and that night they give birth in this this stable and it doesn't mention that they gave birth that night in fact it says the opposite it says that there was a time of periods and then they gave birth so then that makes me think even more they had time there before she gave birth. So why didn't they walk over to uh, Zacharias and Elizabeth, right, which is just a few days away? They've traveled so far anyway, it's probably a a few weeks journey, to go a couple of days to stay with their cousin. Doesn't seem too far, if you have a few days before you're giving birth anyway. Um, Or why didn't they check with Joseph's family and see if there was anywhere to stay? quite interesting um, I think the the two questions that then jump out for me is what is where did they end up staying because in our heads we think stable but that doesn't actually say they stayed in a stable did it it said that they the baby was placed in a manger um, I don't know what that is in the German do you guys have a specific word for that that the baby was placed in a Whatever it might be,
2: we say it's a photocripe, but I'm not sure if it is the same word or if it is just. Yeah,
1: what? What? Describe that for me. What? What does that look like?
2: Um, yeah, a place where animals have their feet.
1: Yeah, so like a feeding trough or something like that. Yeah, yeah. so it's like some hay for the cows to eat yeah. or whatever, whatever cows eat. Um, <laughs> so there's this. there's that word. This this trough that animals eat out. Of. That's that's there, and it's mentioned. And when the shepherds come to visit, they find him in a manger as well. Hi. Hey, bud, come on in. Looking fab. <laughs> that's awesome. You
0: need to come next time,
1: Phil. <laughs> that's unlikely. Um, <laughs> so we're going through the story of Jesus being born, and we're just oh. talking. What do we remember about it? So let's let's jump in, Josh. You can you can join in and give us an overview. So I want you to. Um, from, from your memory, okay? Yeah. So just tell me this story. Hey, Tom, do you want to join us? Or, yeah, come on in. Grab a seat. Um, so we're telling this story of how Jesus was born and what it looked like. Just pull a seat over here, Tom. Properly get in. Don't don't cram yourself in the corner. Okay. I'll turn right. So what, what we're doing is we're, we're, we're not looking at the Bible yet. Okay, now these guys are a little further ahead, so we're going to go back. Okay? What I want is to tell you, uh, for you to tell me the story of Jesus. So... Mary and Joseph. Joseph finds that Mary's pregnant. Mary finds that she's pregnant. Um, she goes and visits her cousins, doesn't she? And she comes back, and then all of a sudden, the king, as Marek rightly remembered, the, the Caesar, he says, "Hey, everyone, I want you to go to your hometowns." So, describe to me what happens. What's the Bible story? And, and it doesn't have to be like you know, word for word what the Bible says. Just describe for me the story. You've heard it at Christmas many times, and whatever. So, so what happens?
4: So. Joseph and Mary go to Bethlehem.
1: Okay, where, so where were they before? Do you remember, either um, do you remember? Nazareth. Yeah, well done, okay. So what does that look like? That's a, Is that a long journey, is that a short journey? It's
4: quite a long journey. Um, take a few days, three days, a few days. Okay, um,
1: so is that quite a hard journey then for a pregnant woman, presumably? Yes, yeah, okay.
4: yes, very hard journey, so possibly longer. We'll probably go with some relatives on okay. the way, uh, if they've got other mates going down.
2: Travel
0: by camel, maybe. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah, Uh, yeah. I I went to
1: Hillsongs in Sydney at Christmas and they had camels in church with Joseph
4: on them. Uh, Love it. Yeah. 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 So, apparently, they went on camels. Yeah. Is it it 70 miles? 70 miles, something
1: like that. Okay. So, yeah, you could walk that in a few days if you were healthy and lively, (laughs) but a pregnant woman might want to go on a camel. Yeah. Or anything else, really. <laughs> Pretty no. sure pregnant women not that fussy as long as it or doesn't have to walk. If yeah. Not much yeah. So, so they they get to Bethlehem, okay. And yeah. so, what happens then? Or, or do they get to Bethlehem? It's not like you know, like they get halfway and they get abducted or something. <laughs> no, they
4: Get to Bethlehem, and um, maybe maybe they stop off somewhere, at like. Uh,
1: McDonald's <laughs> or something. <laughs> there's, no room,
0: there's no room man,
1: yeah. at the
4: inn. the inn. So yeah. probably not yeah. a very big place. Yeah.
1: So they get to this town and they go to the, the inn, the, the yes. local hotel, or, yeah. and, uh, and no, no bedrooms. Because, there? because
4: of the census.
1: So. Right, because so you've got lots of people coming into town. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what happens then if there's no room at the inn? Because, what state is Mary in? Is, is this early on in her pregnancy? Is it late? late or? On, okay. You
0: know. And um, she's she, she very close to labor. The innkeeper says, Here, come and have my stable. This is all I have for you.
1: Okay. So, <laughs>
0: is this right?
4: your <laughs> sure Phil's going <laughs> you got this is not this is not this is not
1: right wrong this is, uh, um, is a tell mean. me the Christmas story as you guys remember it oh, right. so yeah okay. yeah. yeah um, because um, I, I, I'm with you like this is this is a story I've heard as well yeah yeah um, so yeah um, you got any details to, add to that Tom or the, the? Um, there was a star the Bethlehem star yeah
0: that the wise men saw okay only comes around every 2,000 years or something um, and they knew from prophecy that that would mean that uh, the saviour was being born.
1: Right. Okay.
0: Um, so they travelled to Bethlehem, where the star was over, I guess, and um, and yeah, and they, being wise men, they were attuned to God. So, they probably knew where to go, where to find mm-hmm. Jesus, um, and to bear
1: gifts for the Messiah, the okay. Savior. So, um, where were these guys from? Do we know? The East. The East. Wise men from okay. the East. Okay. Wh- what was it that made them wise? Just their, their knowledge about the stars Magi, magicians.
4: Mm-hmm. So they there were we probably into star astro- astrologers.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Which beast. is why they then knew about the star, presumably. Yes. Yeah. Okay. How many of these guys was there? Three. Okay. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Difference of opinion on that one, maybe. But well, no, I mean, yeah. it, But that's the tradition is three. Tradition is okay. three. Okay. Well,
0: I guess that's kind of like a biblical number.
1: So, um, so what? So let's backtrack quickly. So um, let's let's jump back to the inn. The guy says, "Hey, you can use the stable." Um, what, what does that look like? What, or, or do you have a different opinion on that top? You got you got just, different there's remembrance. There's no
4: room at the inn. And it, um, so what does it say she just says she laid him in a manger because
1: there was no room for them in the inn so, it, wow. the so, step- so a baby has appeared in the midst of this story quite quickly so you know, there's, there's no room oh well where can I put this <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm kind of joking but you know what I mean like this, there's, there's quite a lot has transpired between those two and, moments and
0: was the manger was it like the horse's trough or mm. You know with a bit of straw in it like you know they're in a stable
1: yeah so is that that the jump to the stable is that it's in a, a trough of some sort of feeding trough or a manger
4: no state, uh, state, just i don't want to steal your no go for it yeah tell us There's no no mention of the stable it just says oh, really? yeah it's just and she laid him in a manger because there was no room for Oh, so it yeah. could have been like a stable, like round the back of your mate's house or something like that, mm. where they had some cows or something like that.
1: Or yeah. yeah. Okay. So then, what 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 happens? So presumably, like there's, it's still like it's not it's not a dignified uh, place to give birth. Presumably, um, but uh, so is this all happening in one night? So that you know, the there's there's no room at the end there's a baby in a manger like is this pretty like so you know when they're knocking on the door of the inn it's like mary going <laughs> <laughs> or or is it like you know like a week later or 10 days later or yeah. a month later you know like well, we do, do we have, we have an idea know. we don't
0: know okay unless you
1: have got other <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just much more interested in our story what what, what what what's the narrative in our heads how do we picture it because uh, well, some
0: dramatisations from you know being
4: young and watching yeah. dramatic. Versions, it's coming, uh, it's coming. Yeah, Joseph. Yeah, yeah. Or Joseph, it's, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Speed yeah. up and the camel. It,
0: <laughs> yeah. But like yeah, yeah. I don't know, I've seen some kind of dramatisations where they're knocking on like lots of doors. Lots of doors. Yeah, yeah. It's mm. Sorry, and, then, yeah and then they get to an innkeeper that says, "Oh, I've got a stable." Yeah. So and and literally like Mary's always like. Yeah, heavily. doubled over or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So,
1: wow. Okay.
0: Um, I okay. guess that's my kind of recollection yeah. and view
1: on it. Um, so then, so then they're in this this stable area, whatever, whether it's around the back of someone's house or you know separate to, I don't know, in like a barn or something. Whatever that looks like. What does that look like? Like, does uh, do, is it just Joseph, Mary, and this this? moment of giving birth, did Joseph get out of there? Because, you know, he was like, well, this isn't for me. Did Was there a midwife involved? I mean, is that customary to help have someone that knows what they're doing? I'm not sure if Joseph would have known what he's doing. Um, what what do you guys picture here? Is this on your own? Is there a group of people? Because um, we, oh, we tend to we? skip over that in the uh, nativity scene, don't we? Yeah. The pushing the baby out. That's um, <laughs> so less uh, fun to de- depict. Yeah.
0: Well, I guess they, they were pretty young, like Mary was what, 13 or something. Mm-hmm. So Joseph would have been around that age as well.
1: Hopefully. Maybe <laughs> they <laughs> Let's not go too close, yeah. let's not look too closely uh, at okay. Jewish culture. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know, maybe it was a little. Yeah. He wasn't quite ready
1: for that, I don't know. They probably weren't well versed in it. Certainly, I can't imagine Mary was. Well aware of how this worked, uh, as far as it was reversed. Um, so, yeah. So then they they have this baby. So whatever that looks like. Um, so what happens next? They've had a baby. What 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 happens next? You are saying three wise men or a multitude of wise men? Whatever these magi, magician. And um, they show up, but is is there anyone else uh, involved? Is it just Joseph, Mary, uh, the ox, and the donkey? The baby, and a few wise men. Shepherds? Mm hmm yeah. Well done.
4: Yeah. So shepherds shepherds came, in my mind, uh, you've got the shepherds out on the hills watching their sheep. The angel appears. The angel says, today a saviour has been born. So the shepherds are on the scene pretty much straight away.
1: Right, because they're there. I mean, they're just just right there on the side of the hill next to Bethlehem. Yeah. Yeah.
4: And the Magi late you know, later on, you know, quite a bit later on, um, when, you know, a year or two, he's not bang on the scene.
1: Right. Okay, so the, the wise men, so the, the nativity is kind of lying to us there a bit. The, the wise men probably weren't yeah. there no, no, no. the same night. Yeah. Okay. But this has all been, apart from the wise men, this has been kind of a whirlwind... Turn of events, hasn't it? Because you've got, we've got to get there. We arrived. There's no room at the inn. We've got to go get a place to stay. Well, maybe we can have a birth in this stable. There's a kid there. Shepherds are showing up. I mean, it's like it's pretty intense, kind of ride. So what we did, we we just read it again. But we just read Luke, And, and I think this is really fascinating. Okay, so this whole story, this whole tradition. Um, with the exception of the wise men, they're, they're not in this. Um, the, 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 they're over in, I think, Matthew. But uh, um, the, the birth of Christ, the story of the birth of Christ, comes in the space of about three verses. I mean, it's not much. And we build a whole world of tradition around it, which, which is it's okay. It's, it's, you know, there's, there's lots of different things. But, so Luke uh, 2 starts, and he says, in, a dec- in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus, um, that the world would be registered and this is the first registration and they went to be everyone was had to be registered in their own town so Joseph went from Galilee to the town of Nazareth um, which Tom is on it it's about 70 miles or so roughly I think um, and they went to Judea to the city of David which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary his betrothed who was with child okay so this is just a backdrop this is kind of like hey so this is why this couple were going to Bethlehem And then in the next two verses in fact you have the whole story (laughs) it goes and and this is a big verse like read this verse and while they were there the time came for her to give birth so what can we tell from that verse
4: they were there for a while
1: while they were there oh it's time to give birth so actually we don't know how far along mary was Now we know she wasn't super early because she'd already visited her cousin and you know had that experience but it could have been a month it could have been two, a couple of months it could have been three days it's, we don't know uh, but it certainly wasn't like we need somewhere to stay she's giving birth here right I mean that just wasn't what happened so while they were there the time came for it to give birth and she gave birth to the firstborn son wrapped him in swaddling cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn does that strike anyone as a bit of a weird story, actually? If you actually start to look at it, it seems a bit odd. So the first thing that jumps out to me is, why were they going to Bethlehem? To get registered. Why were they needing to go to Bethlehem to get registered? Because that
4: was where Joseph's family were from originally.
1: Yeah. So if that's where Joseph's family were from originally... Does it seem unlikely that he goes there and he doesn't know anyone at all or have any relations? Oh, right? I mean, that seems especially unlikely. Especially
0: being the lineage of David, like, he wants that money
1: because he was a king. This is a, this is a big thing as well. So, not only was he just in the, <coughs> I'm from this town, it's yeah. a, I'm actually a direct descendant from David's. So, that's registered as well in the, the genealogy, isn't it? We get Joseph and Mary's genealogy, and Joseph's genealogy. It traces right back to David. So actually, his family were probably quite important. They were, you know, they're not like, you know, like, oh, I'm next in line to the throne here. But they, they would have had some sway here. They would have been like, hey, guys, we're kind of important here. I'm from the lineage of David. Because they're big on lineage, right? You don't have to read your Bible for long to realize these guys are into lineage, right? I mean, how many this guy, is, son of this guy, son of this guy's do you have to read before you realize Jews were really into lineage? So he's from this area. And he's kind of from an important family, and they were there a while. Why is Mary giving birth in a stable? That that seems like a really good question to ask, right? Just it just strikes me as a bit odd. Um, another thing that's quite interesting, and you mentioned this, Tom. They just recently—well, Mary had just recently been on a trip, hadn't she, to see Elizabeth and Zachariah do, do you remember where they stayed?
4: the hill country of Judea.
1: Dude, your Bible knowledge is like on point. (laughs)
4: Which is down near south of Bethlehem.
1: It's very close to Bethlehem, yep. I mean, so if they've just traveled 70 miles Mm -hmm. while pregnant, and they get to Bethlehem and go, oh, there's no room here, it's only a handful of miles. It's a a fraction of the journey to just walk back down and stay with their cousin. Mm -hmm. Why didn't they do that? Mm -hmm. Why are they in a stable? Right, I mean, this is... Good questions to ask.
0: Are they Were they hiding because didn't see Caesar? They didn't, not, not yet. No. Not yet, yeah. at this point. But they,
1: that, that is in the story, isn't it? But it's, yeah, cause it's later. later. to Because as as Tom rightly it says, that it's probably a year or two afterwards um, well, that these guys show maybe up. Maybe
0: because they had obviously conceived out of wedlock. Mm-hmm. There was maybe some problems with the family, some disownments. Mm-hmm, yeah. That's um, very
1: possible, I think.
0: So, yeah. So they were, you know, they potentially had nowhere to stay. They were outcast. So, yeah. They had no money.
1: I think that's a really good point for um, David's side of the family. Yeah. I think very reasonable because he was initially that was what he wanted to do, right? He was he was like quite ashamed and quite upset and he was going to like secretly divorce Mary and put her to the side. where actually the law is that she should be killed. But um, he, he was going to do the right thing by not doing the right thing. Um, but so he, that was his side and, he, and it probably was some dynamics, especially if they were quite a well-to-do family, oh. right? Um, at least by status, if not by like, lifestyle. But even then though they still have Mary's cousin who's not far away, who she's already been with who, who already knows her situation and knows that she was pregnant out of wedlock and seemed yeah. to be happy and they, they were excited together And so even then they still had that option didn't they um, so there's just these different things that go on that, that make me go what is going on here, Like I, I keep asking questions like what's happening and I think the two big questions that need to be answered is what is a manger and what is an inn because we have a certain idea when we hear both of those phrases. And I think it, it shapes our story when we go, what is a manger and what is an inn? Because when I ask you guys, what is a manger, what are we thinking? We're thinking of a, a feeding trough, right? For an animal. Um, and then when we talk about inn, what are we thinking of? Like a place to stay, like a little hotel or you know, a know and b or something. Um, and so... It's actually really interesting if we study what houses and what, what places looked like in those days, um, and actually you can go to Palestine today and see houses, they've not changed much in, in many ways. Where should we have the clipboard? I think it's gone, hasn't it, the clipboard? Mm. I don't know if I want to use this. Oh, this is the legs. Directly, I'm going to kill myself trying to... Go on else. I guess on the side is probably the best way to do this, Oh, yeah, go for it. very likely to collapse suddenly, but we'll see, it be quite funny if who it does. Whose is this? Do you remember? Is it Sarah's too. Looks good. Oh wow, there's lots of stuff here. Oh no, it's going it to be cool, isn't it? <laughs> is not it This as well. What are the odds of that? Oh no, okay. Man, they used Oh no, there's loads. Okay. This will teach you to turn the first four pages and make an assumption. <laughs>
0: okay.
1: Right. right, So Phil sorry just first of all sorry
4: for just gate crashing.
1: Oh no, I love it. Like I love when people come and join us and hang out. It's really fun.
4: Often the glory of it. Yeah.
1: It's great. great. So the usual house. So what you would have had in Bethlehem, unless you were extraordinarily rich, pretty much all houses were the same. And most people had a one, maybe two-bedroom house. Most people had this one big room where the family would stay, and if they were pretty well off, um, they would be lucky enough to have a secondary room. And that would be in the back. And so you'd have like almost just a, a simple layout like that, and there'd be this, this guest room. And there was a family room. Okay? Simple layout. Occasionally, um, if you were uh, a bit more well-off, but not as well-off as that, you'd have a single room, um, family room, but on top of it would be a guest room. And so you see that when you, um, gosh, in like First Samuel, I think it is, Elijah um, stays with, uh, is it, I can't remember, with this woman, and she stayed, he stays in the guest room, the upper room. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you also see it when Jesus sends the disciples, he says, hey, I'm going to need a, an upper room for the last meal. So he's like, go and speak to this guy and ask him about his guest room, and he'll show you the upper room. So his guest room was on the upper floor, whereas some people's guest room was on the ground floor at the back. Um, but this guest room or this upper room, that was the name, guest room. And so most houses would have this dynamic. And so what's interesting is we were just reading a few different translations. So what does your translation say there that for verse 7 is God?
0: And she gave birth to her son, her firstborn, and she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room or place
1: for them in the inn. Okay, so no room or place for them at the inn. Um, Marek, yours said there was... What no. did you say?
2: I think it was no room.
1: There was no room. Okay. Simon, why don't you give us your verse 7?
3: She gave birth to her first son, first child, a son, she wrapped him snugly in strips of clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no lodging available for them. There was no lodging
1: available for them. Mark, give your last no, ticket. No guest room. There was no guest room for them. It's interesting, eh? See, that word that we translate as in, um, there, there's a Greek word for in, I can't think off the top of my head. Now, you remember in group, the Good Samaritan story, uh, the Good Samaritan comes alongside this guy and he, he takes him to an inn to get made well, and to be looked after. He pays the innkeeper and says, look, whatever you need, I'll pay even more if he needs more, look after him. That word for inn is the traditionally used Greek word for inn. It's not the word that Luke uses in this story at all. It's not the word. The word Luke uses in this story is the word for guest room or upper room. It's the same word used when Jesus says, hey, go inquire about this guy and ask, hey, can we use your guest room, your upper room? It's the same story that they use when they are up in the upper room. So the upper room was actually some guy's guest room. Marek, you just missed it. This is a traditional home in Palestine, in in Bethlehem. Um, You would have just one big room, a family room, and at the back you would have a guest room. Or if you were um, a little bit poorer, you'd have one room, and on top of that room would be a guest room, like the upper room would be the, the thing. And so when we look at Marek's translation, which might be a bit more accurate, it says, They laid them in a manger because there was no room at the guest room. So now, what's interesting is we're not looking about like, hey, they popped to a hotel and it's a room at the hotel. What it looks like is they went to someone's home and there was no room in a guest room for them. Mm. So maybe they did visit some of David's family and say, hey, can we stay with you? But again, maybe because there's a census going on, it's busy and it's like, "Ah, we've got people staying with us already. Yeah. Um, But they don't. Kick them out necessarily because actually, what's interesting about these rooms is this family room has a really interesting shape, okay? Because actually, it's got a bit like that. And so, if we look at it side on, it would look like this you'd have the family room, maybe this would be the guest room in here, okay? And then the family room would be here. Um, but what it would have, I don't know why I'm drawing is so small. Here we go. This is here, okay? So, guest room is back there somewhere. The, the family room. Looks like this, okay? And then it has steps down to here. Do you know what happens in here? This is where the animals are. So the Palestine, you no one's wealthy enough to have their own stable over there in a field, but most people have to have their own cow for milk. They have to have chickens. They have to have, you know, oxen and donkey and sheep. You know, they have to have some of these things. And so what they would do is at night they would bring their animals in to this area. And it would have two benefits, right? One, your animals don't get nicked by that neighbour you don't trust very much. But two, it would warm up the house. Stink up the house as well, but it would warm the house up. And so they would have all the animals in this front part of the house. And what's interesting is that the front part of the house, there were usually a few things cut into the, the family room. And these are feeding troughs. And again, if you go into Palestine or Israel, you can actually go and see houses that they look like this. And it's because if you have cows here, they would stick their head over, and they would eat from the feeding trough. And occasionally, they would, um, if they had maybe sheep or something a bit smaller, they would have like a, a little, like you know, little crate of like major, you know, like a little tr- trough on the ground. So Jesus was probably putting one of these, or one of these, in with the animals, right? But it doesn't mean he was off in a stable on his own, completely outside of community, rejected, you know, there's no room for you at the inn, bugger off. Because it's, it's kind of bizarre, if you think about it. We were just talking just as you guys came in. The biggest thing that makes me kind of biz- uh, like, just kind of weirded out, is like, if you think about it, it's weird that they didn't go stay with family, because David had family, and you know, they had Elizabeth and um, Zachariah just up the road. The weirdest thing is, this woman's pregnant. Like, Middle Eastern culture is, is a culture of deep respect. It's a culture of community. It's a culture of family. It's a culture of respecting women. Um, it is not a culture of, oh, sorry, you'll have to take your pregnant woman somewhere else. That would be a hugely shameful thing to do, to say, get lost. And so it's not a story of a woman shows up w- with her husband at the inn and they go, sorry, there's no room, go sit in a stable somewhere. It's actually a story of, hey, hey, We've we're packed to the brim with family members already. The guest room is full. There's no space in the room. But come on in. And odds are, Mary and Joseph slept in the family room with family, and the guest room was probably full with more family. And Jesus was right there in the midst in the family room. And yes, it was dirty and gross and sweaty and hot and it smelled. And there was animals there. But it probably had family. It probably had life. There was probably when she gave birth, all the guys were probably kicked out. They probably went to get a drink and celebrate or do shisha or whatever they did, you know. Um, And the woman probably looked after Mary and they helped her have her birth. And what's interesting is if you actually track our story, you'll find most of it is rooted in the Gospel of uh, James, which is uh, a Gnostic writing the yeah, and, and it's about 200 AD or so. And the story is uh, that uh, Mary and Joseph went on their way. Mary was on a donkey, right? So that's where the donkey comes in. Um, and they were pregnant and they were going along. And as she was on the donkey, she said to Joseph, Ah, I'm giving birth. Go, 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 go. And eventually they just go, no, we can't do it. We get off. And we, they went into um, uh, a cave that was a stable. Because um, so, a lot of people that could afford stables and have their own stables would usually have them cut into like cave fronts because it's cheaper than building your own property um, and so they, they basically stumble into this stable and then Joseph goes off to find a midwife so he runs into town to get a midwife by the time they get back she's given birth the stable is glowing and another woman miraculously appears and says she gave birth she was a virgin and she still is a virgin Aww. it's all this different story but it's, it's all from this made up story. in fact the fact that it's made up is kind of funny because the guy doesn't know any details like, he, he, he makes up details that don't make sense. So he, it's not even written by a Jew. It's not even written by someone that knows the location. So it's probably written from somewhere far from Judaism and Israel. Because he talks about how they rode through the desert. It was desert terrain. It's lush, ar- like gorgeous, green, like full of vegetation and trees and bushes and flowers. Like It's really gorgeous. There's no desert in sight. Um, And so all these details from the the Gospel of James are just complete fantasies. And there's a whole bunch of visions and things that happen as well. But this picture is very different to the one we have in our heads when we see the nativity scene. Now, it's not to say that, you know, oh, no, we're completely just, you know, we don't know the truth, and Jesus wasn't born the way... It's, It's not that different, okay? So, you know, don't panic. But I think it's just quite interesting when you look at these details, we start to see a bit more of the... The way that Jesus came into this world, he came into the world in a family, um, in community, in poverty. This is not a rich family. Okay, This is just one of the everyday, regular families. Um, his dad was a guy that built stone. like He was a stonemason. Fun factor, he wasn't a carpenter. They didn't have carpenters in. Um, so um. he was a stonemason. Um, the, the, the word that's used to describe Joseph is just he, he worked with his hands and built, and so it's most likely uh, stone masonry rather than carpentry um, there's, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on here, but what's interesting is if you um, if you look at some of the details, you know, he was wrapped in a swaddling cloth, and this is a really significant detail because it was something that the Jews did in a quite significant way. It wasn't very common in a lot of the cultures surrounding, but the Jews did it, but only the poor Jews, the richer uh, Jews, took from the traditions of some of the other uh, nations surrounding them. But it was only poor Jews that would wrap their baby in a swaddling cloth, and you can actually still see this when you go to um, the Middle East, they they do this, they wrap the cloths around them, I think it's becoming quite hip to do it here now as well. Um, But that's just part and parcel of what it was. Um, in the manger, a baby sitting in, the, in, in a feeding trough. And so when you look at the shepherds and they're told, hey, you'll go to Bethlehem, you'll find a baby in swaddling cloth in a manger. That says, you're gonna find, and this baby is the savior of the world. What they're saying is, hey, go to Bethlehem, you're gonna find the Messiah, the savior of the world, and he's in absolute poverty. It's quite an interesting like way to find the savior of the world. But if you think about it, what do you know about shepherds? Do you know anything about shepherds and how Israelites view shepherds? What do we know about shepherds, anything?
4: It's not, um, not the greatest profession.
1: No? Do, do you know why at all or anyone got any? Have any of you heard that, that shepherds weren't particularly liked or? No? Uh, well,
0: it wasn't David a shepherd yeah. originally. It's really interesting he actually. he was the son that was kind of dis- disregarded. Yeah. Yeah. So, I guess it was for the the less kind of able, clever, yeah, um, just the one who didn't show much ability to make money, yeah, um, yeah, with trade and things. So.
1: Absolutely, and and sheep were looked at as um, a nuisance. They would they would eat people's crops, they would break into people's like gardens and ruin them But like, it, it, and so shepherds were just seen as like, they're the idiots that can't control these sheep that keep eating my crops or keep doing, they weren't as big on big massive fences and uh, walls and, and different things, but it was really common for um, for shepherds to be really frowned on, and in fact in the rabbinic uh, tradition, so the rabbis had uh, these different uh, rules and codes and regulations that they added to what uh, God had taught them, and there's five professions that are um, basically told you're not allowed to do. If you're gonna be a good Jew, you can't do any of these five things. Three of them are being a shepherd in different ways. Three types of different shepherds. So shepherds were not liked. If you were a shepherd, you were the worst, like they hated you. And so it's really interesting that that's the first thing that happens, is right after we have the story in Luke 2, Luke 2 continues and it's the shepherds and they're watching their flock by night and an angel comes and says, hey, you're going to find... And it's interesting to me that they're told you're going to find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloth in a manger because if you told the shepherds, the one that's the least, go visit the Messiah, the king, the savior, he's been born today, they're probably thinking, me, go to like a big palace and visit the person that's just going to save all of Israel. Doubt that's going to go well. But all of a sudden, he's in Bethlehem and he's in this crummy little apartment and he's in the poorest area with the poorest people and he's in a feeding trough. Oh, well actually, maybe I will be accepted in that place. (laughs) Maybe I can have a a place there. so it's interesting we have shepherds but we also have wise men, rich men, um, very powerful men come visit as well. We have this this dynamic of two different um, types of people. To Just interact with the king. the king, and they go and interact with the king, and, and arguably set off this whole s- events where I mean all the kids get killed. He has to escape to Egypt. All this different stuff. So I want to touch on another thing that we don't um, necessarily. Um, how are we doing for time? What time is it? Oh gosh, it's ten past Okay, we're fine. Are you seeing what I'm talking about? About, or are you seeing that we have a picture of what happens in the Bible, don't we? And the picture isn't always what happens in the Bible. And it's not that it's bad to have a picture, and it's not bad that maybe some of our pictures are accurate. They're built on rich history and tradition, um, but some of it can be built on all sorts of different stuff, like some guy that wrote a book and said James wrote it, and then tried to pawn it off as, like, the next bestseller. And uh, it did pretty well. And now we have a tradition that, like, you know, Mary's on a donkey, and it happened the same night, and, you know, all sorts of different additives. And does it change the gut story? Not in a massively meaningful way. But it is interesting to know, actually, these mysterious things, we actually have some pretty solid data here. It's pretty obvious what it looked like when we actually start to realize, oh, a guest room. That actually was a thing huh, a manger. All well, those were built into people's homes. So it was probably with people. He wasn't often a stable on his own. But it intrigues me that the gospel starts with an invitation to the poorest and the most disliked in society and this rich, elite people who actually have nothing to do with Judaism. They're actually complete heathens. They are stargazers. They're Diviners, they're, they're astrologers, which in the Bible it says you stone people like that. It says you're to reject those people, you're to stone them, you're to kill them. And they're the first people asked to come to visit Jesus. What is it saying? It's saying, look, the the, the, the this Messiah is for the lowly. This Messiah is for the outcast. This Messiah is for people that aren't even in your group. They wouldn't have even been able to come into your group to get ostracized. These are, they're nothing to do with Judaism. It's for the Gentiles as well. Or we look at, have you ever looked at the genealogy of Mary's really fascinating? Because genealogies all throughout the Bible don't include women. Because women are lesser citizens. They're not important. This is an old tradition here. This is, you know, thousands of years old. And all of a sudden in uh, the Bible, we see in the genealogy of Mary, four women. Are mentioned in this genealogy. Really bizarre. And the women they pick are really weird, right? I mean, it's really weird. So the, you've got this genealogy, and is it in Matthew, the genealogy of Mary? I think it is, yeah. Um, off the top of my head. Um, you've got this genealogy, and the first person to be mentioned is this woman called Tamar. Do you remember this woman in the Bible? You got any recollection, Tom? Maybe you've got better recollection than most of us. This this woman was, uh, she was married and she died, uh, her husband died before she could have a child. And so there's a law in Judaism, which is kind of like a really messed up law in today's kind of context, where if you uh, if your husband dies and you don't have kids yet, you're to marry his brother and he's to give you kids. And then those kids get, your husband's inheritance whether you like him or not whether whether he likes you or not it's the honorable thing to do to marry your dead brother's wife and have kids with her so that she can and and this is like when we look back at the culture this is to look after the woman is to make sure she has kids to look after her in old age it's make sure that the 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 husband's legacy goes on It's, it's a very honorable thing but it's very far removed from our culture right but she marries his only other brother and then he dies under quite Suspect situation as well. Uh, So all of a sudden, there's no more brothers left. And so the honorable thing to do is then to marry their father. Okay, so her father-in-law. Even though it's kind of incestual, it's a bit weird, it's a bit whatever, uh, this is what you would do, except he doesn't do it. He doesn't marry her. He doesn't give her a kid. So what does she do? She goes down the road, she dresses up as a hooker, covers her face and waits for her father-in-law to walk by and is like, hey, how are you doing? And he's like, let's go have sex. And he literally says, hey, let's go have sex. They have sex. And uh, she says, well, I'll, I'll have sex with you if you give me a goat. And he's like, you got it. One goat, that sounds like well worth a good time. Um, I have no idea what kind of currency <laughs> involved in this, but one goat was how much sex was worth, apparently. Um And she says, well, how do I know you're gonna give me a goat? Because obviously he's not walking down the roads with a goat. And he says, I'll give you this ring. And I can't remember what else he gave her. A ring. A piece of, is it a a parchment or or something? something, Some kind of. Yeah, maybe it was his like walking stick or something. It's like, here's my walking stick and a ring, my signet ring, so it's an important ring. He says, here's that, you give that to me and I'll I'll make sure you pay your, you know, you get your goat. And so she's like, okay, thanks. So he goes on his way, he's had his good time and she gets pregnant, which is kind of funny, right, because it's pretty lucky. Like, boom, pregnant. Because a lot of people try for a long time to get pregnant, don't they? But she gets pregnant straight away. And uh, it's found out she's pregnant, and her father-in-law is angry, and everyone is angry, because how can she be pregnant, right? Both of her husbands are dead. She's not remarried. She's living in sin. This is terrible. And so they call for her to be stoned to death which is the right thing to do so they call for her to be stoned to death and um, and the father-in-law is like you're going to die Like this is what you deserve And so they, they're all bring her into the centre of town they're all like holding their stones and she goes oh what's this in my pocket and she pulls out the ring and she turns from behind her back and she pulls out the walking stick and he goes this is the father of my baby and the father-in-law is like oh yeah whoops and so he quickly actually fair play to him he says I'm more guilty than she is And the whole thing, you know, works out fairly well. This is in Mary's genealogy. This is the woman they decided to put in, this weird situation, like kind of like swindling some guy so that he would marry her. She's pretending to be a prostitute. And like, I mean, it's just kind of a messed up kind of situation, isn't it? The next woman is Rahab. You remember Rahab? She as well is a hooker. And she's from another nation, and she hooks the Jews up, doesn't she? She she says, "I believe in your God, and I'm going to help you escape this town. And I'm going to help you get in, and you know, overthrow this city if you if you save me." And so, very, uh, you could say she's a wonderful woman of faith, but you could also say, just kind of really selfish. That she sees the way the the, the tides are turning, like, "Oh, you guys are going to destroy us. I'll let you in <laughs> if you let me live." Right? Um, you could debate her her motives. Um, but either way, I mean, she, she's, she's a, a prostitute, a, a, a hooker, a whore, you know, all, all these terrible words we would use for this problem. But that is how she would be seen in this society, as a terrible person. Um, and she's mentioned in the genealogy. The next woman is uh, this woman called Ruth, and she is seeking the same kind of marriage that Tamara sought. Her husband dies, and she goes back with her mother-in-law to Israel, and she's trying to get someone... Uh, who was related to her husband to marry her. Um, and so she does that, she goes around and she becomes uh, David's grandmother. So again, like there's this lineage being built. And then the last one is Bathsheba. And Bathsheba is so funny because Matthew hates her so much, he doesn't even name her. So he's named all these three women. And then and when he names Bathsheba, he's like, and the woman who was married to Uriah the Hittite. And you're like, dude, you can say her name. But he's just like, he doesn't like her. Why? Because she's this dark stain on the the perfect name of David, isn't she? She's the one that like caused him to go into adultery. And actually, what's interesting is if you if you look at um, how this uh, would have worked, um, almost all houses in the Middle East would, would have been, uh, or in, in this area, this Palestine and Israel, would have been this ground floor kind of layout: family room, guest room. Um, some might have had you know an upper room, maybe. Um, but they weren't high-rises. you know. It just wasn't the case because it's expensive to build like that. Um, whereas David's palace would have been high up. It would have been this palatial, massive, beautiful, um, multi-story building because it's a sign of wealth. And so what's interesting is when Bathsheba's bathing on the roof, to be seen by David, she'd have had to be quite close to the palace. And being naked in, the, in Jewish culture is extraordinarily shameful. Extraordinary. I mean, this is a culture, like, if you look at it now, the culture in the Middle East is like, whoosh, you cover yourself. Um, because it's it's shameful to be seen by someone as, as being naked. Um, you bring shame upon that person if you show yourself to be naked. This woman is openly having a bath naked on a roof next to the palace. You could argue her motives are probably fairly clear. Um, and so that would be, a lot of people would argue that Bathsheba... She knew what she was doing by having a bath on the roof next to the palace, um, but either way, David's equally at fault, if not more so, by going. I'm going to do what I want to do, and I'm going to bring her in and have uh, sex with her, impregnate her again, like this guy. Like people in Israel were potent, um, mm. but like has sex with her and then kills her husband, right? And then she becomes the mother, and they're, they're, that kid dies. But then they have this other kid, Solomon, and so she gets written into the thing. So like. What are we seeing again in this um, lineage that we all start to read maybe the first couple of lines and go, oh God, another one of these lineages in the Bible. Right, next page. Right, because none of us read these. We just, who could care less about this? Like, I mean, it's just like, boring. Um, but when we look, we're like, wait, there's a woman in this one, that's weird. And so you look at it and you suddenly realize Matthew's making quite a big statement here, a bit like the big statement that Luke's making. Luke's making a statement, this is for the poor, this is for the lowly, this is for the outcast. this is for the people that aren't even affiliated with Judaism. This is for the magi, the astronomers, this is for the rich as well as the poor. What's Matthew saying? He's saying this is for the men, this is for the woman, this is for the sinners, and this is for the saints, right? Because those women, some of them were really saintly, right? Mary's in that lineage, right? I mean, she's perfect, no flaws, absolutely wonderful woman. Um, You've got um, Ruth, who again is very like holy, devout, she did the right thing, uh, all that different stuff. But then you've got Rahab, who it's hard to peg her whether she was good or bad, right? Tamar did some pretty messed up stuff. So this is for people, whether they're good, whether they're bad, this message is for you. The big thing is it's a message for anyone who's willing To pursue their faith, to go after it, to take risks, to 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 go after God—that's who this is for. And so, I think we, we can go in more and more about like we, and we will like maybe the next time we do Bible study. It's like how do you start to learn that stuff? How do you learn like this is what a house is like in Israel, right? Because that's just not like something you read in your bible and you go oh there's a picture of a house like maybe maybe they've got like a really good bible commentary one that gives you stuff like that but for the most part this is sort of stuff that you've got to ask these questions first don't you before you even go look for the answer and so uh, this is what most people would call critical analysis of text critical um not in the sense of critical as in like disparaging it's not true but critical in going what does that mean? Like, why is that there? Why is that information there? Why did he mention the men instead of the, why did he mention the woman instead of the man in those four instances? Right? I mean, that's weird. Or when we read the Bible and we go, why is this story completely different to the story that I have in my head? Right? Why is when I read the story of Jesus, it's uh, being born, it's covered in two passages. It doesn't tell me much of anything. And yet when I go to a Christmas nativity scene, it takes like 40 minutes, right? <laughs> that... that where did all this information come from, right? And this is the kind of thing I want to build in you. When you start reading your scripture, look for what's going on. Ask why. Tear it apart. Rip into it. Just go, what is that about? Why did they say that? What's this about? Because that will lead you to spending four hours late at night Googling, like, what does a house look like in Israel, in Bethlehem? What do houses look like in Bethlehem? You know, or what is a manger in 0 AD? What does that look like? Because these are the sort of questions you need to ask because it starts to fill in our framework. It starts to p- add picture to, to what we're talking about. We talked When we talked about the Bible originally, um, a few weeks ago, we talked about Genesis and how it's a copy of another text, right? And like, if, if you're not asking questions, well, why is Genesis written this way? Why is it written like a poem? Like, what were other creation stories written like? Oh, there were other creation stories. Hmm. I wouldn't have even thought to ask that. Oh. And they're poems too.
0: What, as huh. they're
1: like in the Quran, uh, Enuma Elish would be the, no. The Quran's much, much later, so it's it was written much after uh, Genesis. But there's creation stories that were written before Genesis, yeah. and Genesis draws very deep parallels so the first thing that happens is um the the formations is, is is formed and there's just this uh, rigid dome and that's the case in enuma elish and genesis and then the first uh thing that happens is that light is is brought about or or or, or that that firmament is brought out of chaos out of darkness and that happens again in both stories and the first development is that light is brought forth the next development you know and so there's these, these parallels and you go if i hadn't even asked did they ever think of creation before Genesis was written? I'd never even have these ideas. But all of a sudden when I've got these texts to compare, I'm going, what was the writer of Genesis really doing? Because I don't think he was telling us like a play-by-play of how the world was made. I think he's messing with how people thought the world was made. Because they already had the story. And now he's drawing parallels and he's going, I'm gonna tell you the story, but I'm gonna twist it and tweak it and add a detail here and take away a detail there that suddenly makes you go, wait, There's only one God and not multiple gods. And he made people because he wants to be good and he wants people to be good and not because he wants slaves to do his bidding. These are significant details and we gloss over them because we just read one aspect of the text. Um, And so it's important to ask these questions. Um, When you read a flood story in the Bible, go, did anyone else write about this flood that covered the whole world? Did no one else write about it? Oh, and you start to Google and loads of people have written about the flood. There's lots of stories. There's lots of uh, uh, mythological stories about how they got out of these uh, acts and how there was gods involved and how they built big boats to save animals. And there's lots of these stories and some of them predate Genesis. So what's going on? Because now we start to ask bigger questions. Because um, what I want is I want you to get the message of the story rather than the details. The details are less important. So the details lead us to The message. But if you get bogged down by the details, the fact that Jesus was born in the manger is completely irrelevant if you miss the fact that Jesus was born in the manger as a significant picture of Jesus being down and dirty and in our humanity, invested in community and family and and being one with us. Like, you know, the fact he was born in poverty and that shepherds visit him, isn't that interesting until you dive deep and go, well, why was he born in poverty? Why did shepherds visit him? Oh, it's this picture of the, 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 the broken, the lowly, the outcast. They are welcome. Wow, that's pretty significant. And, and it's, it's diving deep so we get the message that's in the Bible rather than just the details. Because the details mean nothing if you miss the message. And that's what happens all the time, right? Especially with things like Genesis, right? As if Genesis is a story about how God built the world, but no one cared about that at the time. They were asking questions like, is God good? Who is God? Who are we? these are the questions they're asking and we miss the answers to those questions if we're answering our own questions of like how old is the earth and how quickly was it built and they didn't care then that just wasn't a question and that's why the bible isn't going to answer that question because it wasn't written for that purpose Uh, but yeah we'll talk about that next time um we'll we'll dive deep into those sort of things but we'll stop for lunch because i don't want to go too late Thank you for
0: listening to the IDestiny podcast. For further information, check out www.idestiny.org.uk.